It's in Matthew 28, verses 1 through uh, 10. And after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. And the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He is risen, just as he said. So come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you to Galilee, into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. The word of God for the people of God. Um, <clears throat> if you are wondering why I'm wearing sequins today, <laughs> um, we, we uh, kind of decided a few weeks ago, I don't know, the pastors at uh, our sites were kind of talking through some stuff, and we thought of, of what it would be like to go backwards in order for us to move forward. And so the Back to the Future came about, and uh, we said some of us are going to dress in 80s, but uh, not, not too many people got the memo. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, hee <laughs> hee. Um, each of us has like our own decade, right? And so my. 80s, that's when I uh, kind of grew up in high school. Uh, you, you can see me at 16, the year that Back to the Future came out in 1985, right there. Yes. I, I was in my coattail era. Um, so many things uh, came out of the 80s, and I still like look back to those things whenever they do a a show or a movie that's rebooted from the 80s, I have to watch it because it brings me back. It brings me back to, to the days of uh, my, my youth, days like that where um, I could wear all white. <laughs> I was, uh, it was my girlfriend's quinceanera. <laughs> uh, so there was that. So I was 16 deer, uh, uh, there and I debuted. But there is something about um, remembering the good old days. That's nostalgic uh, cravings. They're not anything new. See, they capture moments and we look at them through photographs or maybe through our yearbooks um, um, and we start creating traditions to honor these unique relationships, these unique events that have happened in our lives. And so as we flip through those pictures, as we flip through our high school yearbook or through uh, wedding photos, we reflect on our marriages, we reflect on, on the times in our lives where maybe uh, we've had significant changes. And I believe that this and today as well, we can recall points in our spiritual journey that 
that recognize Christ's faithfulness in our lives. And we, we looking back, we might have missed stuff that we may have overlooked before. Um, and so it deepens our appreciation uh, for God's provision in our lives. Will you pray with me? God of love and God of peace, God of resurrection and life, I thank you for um, the good news that, have, that has reached each and every one of us. I ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to us a new word, that you would li lighten our load for those that are burdened this morning. May we rejoice together as a community. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Um, interesting to pick a, uh, a story about Peter and the church of Corinth because uh, this church in Corinth was a church that Peter uh, planted himself. And it was in this beautiful city. Um, and the church was pretty diverse. As we look through the through this uh, letter that he wrote to them, you'll find that there's people from different socioeconomic um, places. There's uh, wealthy people. There are slaves that are there as well, worshiping together. There were politicians. Uh, if you look, Erastus was the city treasurer, and he was worshiping with them as well. And there's, um, I, th I think if you keep reading through there, through the, through the letters that Paul writes this church that he loved very much, you'll see that men and women were kind of on the same level, very different from the culture of the day. And, they, and, and he mentions them by name. He mentions a woman named Chloe. There were Jews, there were Gentiles. They were all coming together to hear this new message, this good news, and by all outside appearances, everything looked good and everything looked great to anyone that was looking outside because it looked like a very loving community, but this church was a hot mess. <laughs> you see, they were suing each other in this community together. That's not something that the community was supposed to be doing. They were arguing about eating foods that were sacrificed to idols. They... Uh, members there did not believe in the physical resurrection of the body, which if you don't believe in that, then why are you coming together to celebrate Jesus if the resurrection of the body is not something that you believe? So, so Paul had uh, his hands full. But one of the things that really shook him was that the wealthy ones that during the Lord's Supper, they would eat all the food and drink all the wine because they, didn't, they weren't working like everyone else was. So by the time everyone got there, they would be left without. And so then, of course, in 1 Corinthians, you also have the beautiful clobber passage that's used for, against LGBTQ. It's in, tucked in there today, but I'm not going to talk about that. Um, and the, 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 last, <laughs> the, the last kind of messiness that was happening there with someone was sleeping with their stepmom. And so it was a messy church. But Paul writes these beautiful words in this, um, in this letter, and they're pow powerful passages that we still cling on to today. 
too. There's the one um, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13 that speaks about unity. For in one spirit we were all baptized, Jews and Gentiles, slaves, free. Later on in, the, in Galatians, he, he expands on this to include male and female. If Paul was here today, he would say straight or gay. And I'm sure that as, as we keep reading through this letter, and he ends it here, that his goal and his real message to them is that, um, that love never ends. And that between faith, hope, and love, the greatest of those is love. And so on March 27th, um, we had a mass shooting in Nashville, Tennessee. Three children, three adults were killed um, when a killer uh, walked into a school and shot off 152 rounds using an AR-15. And so instead of responding to the thousands of young people young adults and teenagers that asked the, the legislators to do something demanding change, demanding new laws. The House decided instead to expel two young black representatives over breaking rules of decorum. And you know, there's a tendency when stuff like this happens that we say, that's not who we are. We say that anytime there's a tragedy, we say that anytime someone is killed, we say that when we see acts of racism or sexism or homophobia, we deny the reality of who we are. And when we do that, it doesn't properly allow us to address the issues because this is who we are. That we would rather be under the control of gun manufacturers than to make a change necessary to keep our kids safe. That when these three legislators are listening to their community and their constituents, they, ex they expel the two black folks, did not expel the one white person, and they all did the exact same thing. And then we have, I know I've mentioned it before, Rosie, who was denied baptism just down the street, who went to membership classes for a year, and on the day of her baptism was told that she could not be baptized because she was married to a woman. You see, this is exactly who we are. The reality is that we are all those things. And to be more accurate, we really should be saying, this is not who we want to be. So reflecting on the gospel, uh, specifically Paul encounters Jesus. And his, his encounter, um, he goes into a little autobiography, a little sketch of his recollection of that day. And he says, Paul, the one who was previously uh, the, the church of persecuting the church of God. This is who he was before he came to believe the gospel. But now, Paul describes himself as the least among the apostles. And he declares, but by the grace of God, I, what I am and his grace toward me has not been in vain. 
the extension of divine love transformed Paul from a persecutor to an apostle. And we are who we are because of God's grace. And we don't have to same, stay the same as a person. We don't have to stay the same as a church. We don't have to stay the same as a city or as a country. Just like Paul, we can believe, we can repent, we can be transformed. And this is the power of, of resurrection. See, the gospel is not simply something to be received and held onto. We have to pass it along. It's the grace of God that moves us to proclaim the good news to others. And Paul reminds the church in Corinth that the gospel not only saves them, but they can also rest on that. They can move in that, and they can stand on that. See, today is Easter Sunday. Some of us took time to get ready, I could tell. Beautiful clothes. Um, I see some of you are looking really sharp today because it's a joyous, joyous day. But let us remember that there are still people in the tomb. They're not walking in the land of the living because of injustices being committed against them. Our trans siblings who, who time and time again are under attack from their families, from the church, from the communities, from their government. Relentless attacks. They feel trapped in the tomb. And let us acknowledge, though, that, that there is pain, that there's grief, that there's loneliness, and that others in our communities are, are going through some stuff. Even as today, we see that that stone is rolled away. So let's do like Paul did. I think we should all tell our story because God wants us to look back at what he did for us so that we can trust him for what he is going to do for us. We look back at what God did in order to rejoice today. We look back at what God did so that we can remember that death does not have the final say in our life. It has no sting. So tell the story of the day that the stone was rolled away in your life, the day that your eyes adjusted to the brightness and you walked out into a new life, resurrected, renewed in your faith. What happened that day uh, that the stone was rolled away still speaks to us today. Um, can you put the picture, a great picture of me from 1995? This kid right here, 16 years old, was in a tomb. And he was in the tomb, and guess what? The church was holding the rock in place. Family was holding the rock in place. I was trapped and I couldn't get out. And years and years went by, hoping that someone would roll the stone away. He would go through a lot of trauma the next year. His world crumbled, and then he realized he was special, and that he liked not only Maria, but Mario as well. And 
He's going to be rejected by a lot of people, by his church, by his family, by his friends, community. But one day he walked into a place by chance and he heard stories right up there. He heard a testimony that day. That testimony changed his life. The stone started to roll away and he saw the light. First it was a glimpse, but pretty soon story after story after story started moving the stone more and more to the point where he walked out authentically refreshed recognizing Jesus has always been there for him and will always be there for him. It's our stories that move people. It's our stories that move the stone for those that have um, uh, feel like they're trapped. You see, when the stone is rolled away and we are people of resurrection, we are changed. And when we're changed, we want to change things for the world and for the people around us. And so no one would know that you went through something and that Jesus healed you or that Jesus rescued you from a life of pain unless you tell them. You see, sometimes we walk out and the sun is so blinding but little by little, you start seeing a path and you walk on that path. I think the way that we change is in not only telling our story, but working to make sure that everyone sees and feels the love of God. And it's all by the grace of God. So it was stories that did it. So today is the day to tell your story because remember you should hold on tight to it but you should pass it along pass it away to those that are stuck and we believe and we rejoice so sing your songs do your easter egg hunt eat your ham and lamb wear your sequins whatever you want to do today it's easter but don't forget to look back in order for us to move forward, that Christ died for, his, for our sins according to the scripture. As it says in 1 Corinthians, he was buried and he rose again and Christ conquered death. Christ conquered death. Praise be to God. Amen.